Welcome to Development Hell. We are one of four podcasts created within the last year that chronicles the bumpy road that truly is the pass-fail industry known as entertainment. Movies, music, movies, games, television, movies, theater, and literature all have a story to tell. I'm Richard Humphrey, and I'm joined by Spike Kittrell and Kyle Anderson, and we go to hell so you don't have to. Oh, I couldn't have said that And we literally haven't. <laughs> no, how Kyle can do it without a script, but it's never been great anywhere. Right? That was uh, the, uh, that was a success. How's it going, fellas? Oh, it's, it's going, going great, great, man. We watched what a what a picture. Uh, Spike oh, said when yeah. we first got on the on the on our Zoom call here. Wow, what a picture! And that picture today, young listeners, is 1980s Popeye. Hell yeah, dog. Oh, a movie I movie. love. I it uh, it is filmed exactly like my dreams look, <laughs> like with that same sort of like weird fog everywhere. Now, now you saying that is interesting because when I described, I started describing what was happening in this movie to Gina, and it felt like I was describing a dream. Yeah. Like, and then they kind of leave the party and then they meet a magic baby and then the baby's really good at horse bets. So the evil large man steals the baby. <laughs> yeah. I think that like the, the worst thing this thing has going for it is that it's a movie. Because sure. it's, I think it's this sort of successful adaptation of like comic strip ideas. Like, oh, one week Popeye has a psychic baby. One week Popeye fights an octopus. One week Popeye boxes. But, like, for someone to have the notion of, well, the way to tie it all together is songs where characters just announce facts about themselves. <laughs> all of the songs are just, I am this, he is this. Gladly for you Tuesday for a hamburger Everything is food. Every song is like something a child says when they only know a few sentences and they just like they can make the party of adults laugh by saying meat is food and everything is food <laughs> they're like he needs me he needs me he needs me Large. sweet haven <laughs> the sweet haven song kind of rips though right like can we agree the sweet haven song kind of slap yeah, the main anthem. Oh, yeah. That sure. and the one where about the woman who's convincing herself that her shitty boyfriend is okay because he's really buff. <laughs> and then she just that, okay. So, so <laughs> I wrote uh, I wrote down in my in my notes um, attacks uh, uh, attack on large culture. Now, as a oh, no. as a tenant, of it's also large, attacks on like large culture. Myself, as a oh, large man, there is there is a there is a. <laughs> This episode's going to have a 35 cent callback tax. Um. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not a thing we're doing. Well, I pay you what I pay you. (laughs) Creating new rules on the podcast tax. (laughs) What what is this, a nickel? What do you mean? (laughs) 
<laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes you say a bit and you know that it's chaos and you know even you don't want it to exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Richard was just doing there, you can recreate any of this movie by doing... It seems like everyone is doing a Popeye impression in this movie. <laughs> everyone is talking like Popeye somehow. The Popeye voice, too, is such a commitment and so crazy. When two characters interact, like when one character has dialogue to another <laughs> character, it is one of the most uncomfortable things yeah. you could ever watch. But I want to get Kyle. You were saying as a, as a, as a large man, as a, as a card-carrying large man. As a large man, it is wild that they first establish that he is large before you establish he's evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they have a whole song about how he's terrible that is minutes after the song about he big. Yeah, because that's what Turn you, you know, it's all service level, the first act, and then you like, deep yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, maybe establish him, because you don't even see him do anything bad. You just see him, like, eat a turkey leg and, and tell everyone to go to bed at nine. And Objectively, you don't, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything bad until he kidnaps somebody who promised to be with him. Right, the whole Which, movie, I'm like, I'm like, yo, Popeye's a dick for cucking this dude's dame, bruh. No, What's Popeye's deal? You're like crushing people in the party and like <laughs> throwing people through windows. I'm At sorry. that point, but they don't even make him a jerk until then. Yeah, but everyone in this movie has a spine made of a wet noodle. <laughs> Look, look, look. Some people just see a large man eating a delicious turkey leg in a bar and they're like clearly villain. Clearly villain. Cuz it could cuz cuz you have to be like wimpy and trading babies for for hamburgers to be a good guy in this world, I guess. Wimpy is objectively the biggest piece of shit. Sorry, Wimpy needs to die in a robbery. Wimpy traded a baby for a bag of hamburgers. Wimpy is like a bag. A but you'll pay you Tuesday. That you of course need to totally change for the film adaptation, and they didn't at and, all. And he yeah. is the one that is most intact to the yeah. like the truest. He's like you know when your actors like I made I had to make a tape for me to watch every night after shooting. I would watch every fucking cartoon with Wimpy in it. <laughs> And it's like this guy so, who studied on how to be he's, really great. He's fucking party. dialed in. He's fucking dialed in. I have a Everybody theory. I have a theory for this movie. And it's that when I watch this movie, it looks like they like they were filming it and everybody had to like huff gas like it like before mm. takes. Like it feels like yeah. a, an active gas leak is happening the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the fuck bro I had like there are certain moments that I, you, I had the exact same physical reaction that I was having to like uncut gems mm. like uh, when he keeps standing up and sitting at the dinner table I like started really panicking and started wanting to like stand up and like kind of walk around like it was very uncomfortable <laughs> this whole movie was just like I don't know if anyone's saying anything. I don't know what I'm really supposed to be looking at. And about 45 minutes in, I think it was like the third boxing match. I was like, I think I love this. 
There are no there's bad boxing thing, though, movies, like, man. This is a boxing I, movie, I, and there's no bad boxing movies. Okay, this is not a boxing movie, but 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 however, I do I do like see a certain level of like genius in in oh, it's, what it's, is yeah. being done here because like like I said uh, we were texting earlier, I this might be the best adaptation of an animated property where they are like yeah. so true to the animation that the fact that these are humans is actively unnerving. <laughs> like yeah, the fact that human that beings are acting this way is like when he walks into Sweet Haven, I'm like, this town is horrifying. <laughs> this town is haunting. There's an inn that doesn't want strangers to stay in it. <laughs> There's a place. It's like a D and D town for sure. Yeah, there's a place that's doing a 400% upcharge on carrots to foreigners. Uh, carrots. Carrots. Uh, watching this is a lot like watching... It's a weird... I, can, I know there's other movies to think of, but I kept thinking about Bruno, the Sasha Baron Cohen movie, where you have to spend the first 10 minutes learning how he says certain words. Mm-hmm. And then you can understand it throughout. Where, like... Infant. He would like okay, I K S. I got a sense of humiliation. E N T S. Like it's just like <laughs> no, Richard's movie Popeye is pretty good. That's not the best. That's not the best Popeye I've ever heard. But that's a pretty fucking good movie Popeye. <laughs> you could also tell me that was his movie Bluto movie, <laughs> fucking wimpy movie Popeye's dad, and I'd be like, also now, good. now, also, I have one more, one more little thing that I want to talk about. I wa I rented this movie on YouTube, um, and YouTube the has YouTube. a close. The YouTube uh, has a closed caption button, which is fantastic. I love that. It'll <laughs> tick that little bad boy on, um, which has the spellings of all the ways yes, that I, he I pronounces everything. So next to that, uh, if you if you let your little cursor just float right on over to the right, right past that little that little bad boy, there's a little. There's a little uh, toggle to adjust the this playback speed of this movie. Now, I would uh, wager to anyone who has watched the film, if you watch Popeye at 1.75 speed, it is fantastic. <laughs> it is, everyone looks more animated. Uh, the songs are on a faster tempo. Uh, movie vastly improved when I hit about the halfway mark. I popped that little bad boy to 1.75 and the rest of the movie, very good. Have you guys this ever done that to a podcast? is never going to make a movie again. <laughs> Can you imagine what his day was like when he learned there were like change the speed buttons on stuff? With Nolan's level of like needing to control everything. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen that video of uh, David Lynch talking about the idea of watching a movie on your phone? Oh yeah, he needs to chill. It's like Christopher Nolan is the only guy in a corner going, "I agree, bro." I know. No, I know. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, we get it that you made these really great. You, we can't uninvent phones. Do you, you have to just make your movie 
for phones now. Do you remember when um, they said uh, Christopher Nolan got together like Edgar Wright and a bunch of other like prolific filmmakers like right now yeah. and showed them footage of Interstellar on film and was like, this is why we need to preserve this medium? Do you think they all just like walked yeah. away going like, fucking nerd? <laughs> I think half of them were probably like, that was fine. I know, I don't think that he converted anybody. I know that Edgar Wright still shoots film and, you know, but, you know, we're starting to see every... Um, every year, like somebody on that side turns, like Ryan Johnson shot Knives Out on digital, and it like, which is shocking when you look at Knives Out, but it just shows that it's really becoming a non-conversation for a lot of these people. It, it's really, I really do think though that they should mandate legislation that requires Popeye to be viewed at one point seven five speed. Because I tried to, I tried to then go back to it for a scene, and felt like everybody was like slow and drunk. Well, isn't, is it true that Popeye in the cartoons was voiced as like a guy doing a normal sailor voice sped up? That he was like this, and then if you speed that up like two, three times. It becomes Popeye's yeah. voice. So, uh, so uh, I want to get into the history of Popeye anyways. So I think um, it actually has to start pre-cartoon and go to 1919 when Thimble Theater Comics is started by E.C. Seeger. It's like a weekly newspaper, one-joke comic, you know, like the, the strips we see in, like, newspapers today. I mean, that was entertainment back in 1919, you know? That's what you did. Uh, so Thimble Theater comic books actually didn't star Popeye. It starred Olive Oil and her fiance Ham Gravy. Mm. <laughs> Is he a large man? No. Coming to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> comedian Ham Gravy. And actually, Gravy XXL was way better. <laughs> Gravy XXL. And um, so so how did Ham Gravy get cucked out of this MCU yeah. of, of, of media? Ham yeah. Gravy's like that dude who got kicked out of the Beatles. <laughs> I'm yeah. a Ham Gravy stan. What if, I told, what if I told you guys Ham Gravy is in the movie? What? What? He, he is that guy who makes all the weird faces and they take the chair out from underneath him and he's still sitting. You'll have to be more specific. <laughs> He um, uh, he is the first person to get hit in every physical comedy scene. Like you can kind of significantly see his face in there, but he is uh, and in the credits he's labeled as Ham Gravy, aka the old boyfriend, and it is a wink and a nod to him being the original character. And he's you know played what? by to link this Great back to addition. Christopher Nolan. He's played by the guy who voiced like, Charles. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> He's played by Christopher Nolan in his only acting role. <laughs> Does Nolan have a British accent? What does he sound like? What do you sound like? I just wanted to stop. So I'm going to take a Boeing 747 and throw it through an airport. Oh my god. This sounds like a fucking Christopher Dolan movie now. I don't know if I'm supposed to be listening to anybody. I am what I am what I am. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Ham Gravy is played by the guy who played Tars in Interstellar. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's cool. such a weird, I'm like, that. which is that's the weirdest real. <laughs> yeah, the, the rocketing eyes and lows of that. Well, nobody who did Popeye has like a normal like film history, you know. You have like Shelley Duvall yeah. with like The Shining, and then like that breaks her. Yeah, yeah. Which we don't have to get into too much. No. Um. But like, yeah, it, it's weird that like one. It's kind of it has a. You know, this is kind of like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> there's one that comes out with a fully fledged career and everyone else is like, yeah, I guess they were in some movies, right? Yeah. They're all is just he, like, and I, and I'm sure we'll on. get into it, but is he, is he sort of like the big, like, Oh, it's, it'll be great. We'll cast this like big comedian as like in 1980, he's like huge. Right. Or is he like is bigger after 1980? Yeah. yeah. He's got Mork and Mindy, right? This is his first yeah. movie? Yeah, he's only this on Mork and Mindy. This is his first movie. Dude, that is that is a rough first movie. He is committing hard, though. Like, I will give him that. Yeah. Like, he is pouring yeah. everything he can into this role. You can find a great interview with him on Dick Cavett, like, the year before. And he's, like, talking about and even, like, sharing his early Popeye voice and how, like, he's, like, taking gymnastics classes and, like, preparing for months. I'm sure we'll get into that. But, like... He's like showing early Popeye voice and, and development on in this Dick Cavett interview. It's it's wild the amount of commitment I got put into this, you know, and it's like the product shows everyone's firing on all cylinders still, and it's just like why is still... he blonde? That's so I've been waiting to bring it up. Why he looks like the the tears and rain dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because just just make him bald right like just bald cap yeah. him uh there, there are cartoons where popeye is blonde though and he has like a little tuft of blonde hair under his hat <laughs> yeah but it's like this weird bleach cut because it's a military sailor cut so you're never supposed to really see it under the hat all right so anyway, it is a bizarre look though. When he yeah. is just when he's not oh. in the hat, he well, is like haunting Hitler's because dream. he has he has these these terrifying wet arms. Yeah. The arms are always a little wet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's no, just got he those in the like hair. The, the the Germans plan. He looks Hitler sketched 1980s Popeye and just like get me this in six years. <laughs> All right, Richard, what happened to the show? All right, so it, it's like um, it's this like a uh, like job of the week sort of thing where like they go to the carnival. It's like olive oil and ham gravy, and that's for ten years, right? And then in January of 1929. Uh, ham gravy and olive oil hire a sailor to take them to an island to hunt a wiffle hen. And that sailor is a one-eyed, bulging, four-armed, no-teeth cutie named Popeye. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking... 
hired him to fuck his wife. So he did get. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, yeah, in that pa- 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 Popeye was wasn't going to the island. Uh, Popeye. Oh yeah, I, I mean. There's a there's a there's like a. <laughs> she says your face looks like a shipwreck. She's she pretty. You know, right? she is. She's kind of she's a roast master, isn't she? Yeah, you gotta play balls. <laughs> she's got a fucking. She's, she ain't PC. What I love about Olive Oil is she's not fucking one of these triggered social yeah. justice warrior. She's not if she knows that comedy comes from from pushing the limit. Dude, Olive Oil was on Andrew Schultz's pod and she was fucking spitting facts. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> and um so in that comic, uh like Popeye saves them from some pirates, like punches out some people, like fights the Whiffle Hen, which is just some weird. Does he eat spinach in the in this in nope. this uh he is not a spinachman. Mm. Uh, so he's not even at his omega power level ranking exactly. yet. Which is like when you find out, like, it wasn't kryptonite for, like, 30 years. Yeah. So, uh, E.C. Seeger actually based this uh, guy off of, like, just a, a weirdo that was in his hometown uh, that was named Frank Rocky Feigl. And it was just, like, this one-eyed sailor guy who smoked a pipe who was just drunk all the time, so he talked weird. Wow. That's specific enough to like be suable, <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> he had one eye. It ain't specifical enough. <laughs> and Space so dark. that so that week that comic comes out, and the next uh, the next week the new comic comes out with no Popeye as planned. But then Lame. they get flooded with uh, with letters and calls. People, people riot. writing in, saying, "We want Popeye. <laughs> Give me Popeye. Make Rogue the Bat real." They didn't get Popeye in the next week. Cartoon. Make Rogue the Bat real so we can marry her. It's just the fucking Whoa. screaming crowd. <laughs> and they uh, and so he's like, "Oh shit! I guess this uh, this guy's pretty tight." So they um. Uh, they start slowly putting Popeye and more of them until two years later they rebrand the whole comic Thimble Theater starring Popeye the Sailor and Olive Oil is now married to Popeye and Ham Gravy is dropped never to return again in a Popeye publication interesting that like they made such a leap in a similar way that this movie in five minutes makes a lot of changes in the relationship between these characters that is what I'm saying like, like yeah. Popeye and Olive Oil go from hating each other to going right to the part of a relationship where you're staying together for the kid. <laughs> like they go right into let's just get him to college. <laughs> so <laughs> like that's a whole eighteen years. In the uh, in the comic in the first comic that shows them together when they get Sweepy, Sweepy is mailed to them. Great. Like they what, open what, a box what? in the mail, and it's the baby. Sweet Pea is is uh, established lore. I didn't know. I don't know much about the extended Popeye lore, um, so I didn't know if Sweet Pea yeah. was like uh, uh, standing. I did have to Google ox 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 face ox, ox blood or, ox or whatever. Oxnard, Oxhard, or whatever his name was. That that was a comic thing, um, which was kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but I guess Sweet Pea is cool. I, I did look up Sweet Pea because I was fascinated with the the baby. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> Altman's grandson. 
It was just his grandson. Yeah. And then uh, the the director. And. Oh, the actors. Okay. Yeah, it's Robert Altman. Yeah, and he is uh, he. He is now a teacher in uh, like Minnesota, and he has no memory of the movie because he was too young. So that baby has superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I guess right? that's art maybe good. Yeah, the baby is inexplicable. Now, do they ever explain the baby's powers? So we the baby's to, we powers. To, we to, we're only in the 1920s. <laughs> so the baby's powers they actually. They have. The baby's powers actually come from a photo I am sending in the chat of Popeye's pet that was a, a that premiered in the mid '40s of Eugene the Jeep, and he's a magical pet with telepathic powers. The Jeep. He is certainly magic, but he ain't a Jeep. I've seen Jeeps. <laughs> that, that was my thing. That's and, a Jeep. That's a that's a little that's a little Lilo and Stitch man. And That's what that Eugene the Jeep is. was actually That's fucking in experiment number two twenty two. Yeah, that, that is a, that is Winnie the Pooh turned inside out. Dude, this, this is like, like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> this is like a Winnie the Pooh like parody that gets used in like a like a sex store or something. He's very he <laughs> he scares me honestly. I'm kind of frightened by him. He was in the original draft of the script. And they took him out and just gave the baby his powers. They make parody sex toys. <laughs> yeah. Wait till we get to um, the Blade Runner they- ones. Jizzes <laughs> <laughs> on you like tears. <laughs> um. No, I don't. I don't like Jeep's whole look. Uh, so what the plan was to maybe have like a little yellow kangaroo dick faced man. <laughs> yeah, like I think it was going to be like a dog. Yeah. Uh, so Eugene the Jeep was just this like yellow weird dog creature that like could do magic. That was to help explain why everything was sort of weird in certain cartoons and stuff like that. Because uh, I'll get into it later, but there's no synergy with any of this. Uh, like, no, it doesn't the, feel like everyone was on the same page here. Like, I've um, no Sir Dinergy. I've looked at like a lot of uh, different like franchises through like through the years, and just look at like where they came from, and I've never seen one as like weird and mismatched as like what goes on here and how like, but consistent. Because well, Popeye also, is ninety I, I, years old. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. I believe that there was a, a lot of um. Like, uh, I've heard that there were, like, uh, what, what's the word? Like, knockoff Popeye comic books that were made. Yeah. Um, uh, like, during the war. And, like, even, like, uh, like dirty ones, too. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be, like, Popeye, like, fucking olive oil. And they'd, like, and Betty Boop, hand that, them that's out to what, so, uh, like, That's soldiers. what Betty Boop was for, you know? There you go. The original hentai herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Betty Boop. And, um... <laughs> So, in, uh, before, uh, when Popeye is first uh, brought onto the comic in 1929, uh, it's only being distributed through 12 newspapers, this comic. So it was an angry riot from 12 districts. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a flood of letters in 1920 is six letters. And <laughs> yeah, someone it's coming a- to the office. But... Not five years after they rebrand as Thimble Theater starring Popeye the Sailor, they're in 500 newspapers. 
Wow. People love that sailor. It was uh, people are like, <laughs> I love those arms. Can't get enough of that bald little head. It was only second behind <laughs> honey, the little honey, orphan. Write Annie a letter. Comic. I love this fucking guy. <laughs> I guess this guy this guy's got arms. You fucking um, see this guy's got a Jeep! No, 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 not like that. This one's little and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's some things oh. that catch on and I and I sincerely don't know how they become like phenomenon. Like I I'll say I don't get Garfield. I only get Garfield ironically. No, yeah. It's like I get that people get Garfield. I don't think any child has actually liked Garfield, but they have liked the image of a cat. And that, like, sure, Garfield yeah. is for young parents who think that's what their kids are. my favorite part of, cat, of Garfield. Oh, Odie is the best part of Garfield, but uh, that's the <laughs> that's something else. Um, to really expand on sort of, like, Popeye's influence, um, like I said, uh, he was only second behind the Little Orphan Annie comic. And that's because Little Orphan Annie also had a radio show. And Little Orphan Annie was just a big, just a huge brand, just like this young girl who has these rich kid adventures. Like it was something that could connect with like poor kids who were reading newspapers and make them like have these like flights of fancy. So um, Charles Scholl's uh, famous, he created Peanuts is actually, uh, Popeye is his favorite comic. And he said it's a perfect comic strip because it's consistent with its art and humor. And it was just sort of like this weird Baby Yoda effect where everybody just fucking was obsessed with Popeye. You know, it's like everyone's dad was a sailor from World War One or some shit, you know? It's the memes like, were insane. They, they were just wild. Every, everyone um, had like a drunk a guy who worked on their street who they were like, this is like that dude. And, <laughs> and, you read Popeye. During the <laughs> you get the paper. During his run, certain things would happen, you know, like uh, later you find out that spinach is the source of his incredible strength, you know, or um, that he's bulletproof. I didn't know that. He uh, bullets Something bounce they really often. could have. What, what if they did that in this movie during the bar fight scene where those dudes are laying into Popeye? They're like, hey, you've got a fucking eye hole we want to fuck or whatever they're saying to him. And then, <laughs> then one of them just pulls out a gun and like does six shots into Popeye and it just does nothing. <laughs> yeah, he um and him being bulletproof and it's actually quoted by uh, Jerry Siegel. Uh, the creator of Superman as what inspired Superman's strength. What the fuck? He had never heard of a guy being strong before. <laughs> it was the, because uh, Popeye is Popeye the first the instance of a comic hero being bulletproof. So you know is Popeye, wow, that's insane. You know how you see like you have people go like, you know, I didn't want to make this CG thing until I saw Gollum and I realized we were there technologically. That's the thing with people reading Popeye. Like, I didn't know you could draw a buff guy. And then I read Popeye and I was like, maybe I could draw a buff guy. I had no idea you could transfer sandwich based debts to a different day until I had read Popeye. <laughs> Most of the sandwiches that I eat, I bought that day. I was usually paying for them day of, and I didn't realize that you could push that. 
I'm planning no, on I having do. Monday, Tuesday. I'm hungry now. I didn't realize I could make those things coexist. <laughs> Until I read Popeye, of course. And then that opened all the doors. See, me and my boys on Reddit, we've been pumping and dumping this hamburger stock. <laughs> so. Oh, no. In 1932, it's actually, uh, this is kind of going, uh, coinciding with the popularity of a weekly comic book that's in syndication. Obviously, the next step is cartoons, right? Like, sure. uh, it's, because back then, cartoons aren't something that's on a television. Really, it's uh, there yeah, sure. at a movie theater. Oh, like at know? a Nickelodeon? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when Betty Boop is uh, really prominent. And these animation houses are actually pumping out cartoons like uh, three times a month just because you have to keep people coming in, you know? And yeah. uh, the one of the studios that's doing it is Fleischer Studio, which is Max Fleischer and Robert Fleischer, the, um, the Fleischer brothers. Um, they're the ones behind the Betty Boop cartoon. And they work with uh, Paramount Studios, and they're only churning out Betty Boop while everyone else is doing multiple things, you know? Uh, so Paramount says, why don't you fucking do some other characters? This is getting boring, you know? Because, like, uh, we're noticing that Walt Disney is doing silly symphonies, and we need, we need a mouse, basically, is what they're saying, you know? They need a Mickey. And that's when they go to... This is just a symphony! Popular... This shit ain't silly! <laughs> this shit ain't silly. Get this shit silly, and bruh. What about that silly ass one eyed sailor you got? <laughs> and uh, so they go to their favorite, most popular comic book right now, the Popeye. And they contact uh, like uh, King Publishing, I think it is, uh, to try to buy the rights to make it a cartoon. And uh, they're told they need to, for free, provide a test movie of what the Thimble Theater cartoon would look like to produce the whole thing and put it out and show us you can make something dope. And then if it's sure. good, we'll I give mean, you the rights. That's and a pretty dog dick deal. So make the movie, and then if movie good, you we can have a movie. Yeah. If movie bad, for... you not have rights to movie that you already made. That sounds like a very 1932 Oh, yeah, sure. and um, it's uh, it's like a deal that gets made while like chalking a pool cue. Now see, now now see, kid, you show me you got the grits to show me the goods. We'll 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 get we'll get lobster on the table for you. You dig? <laughs> and uh, so the whole short is actually written and produced in secret by one person in the company named Roland Crandall. He does the whole thing uh, <laughs> by himself. In, in the dead of night. In the hand. Nobody, nobody, nobody gonna see me Popeye cartoon. Me Popeye cartoon well, only uh, for me own because, eyes. Because <laughs> well, he was using Paramount assets to make this, but he had no, like, so he had to, like, sneak in in the middle of the night and use, like, their thing. Well, like Paramount pencils? Yeah, yeah this is like a classic, just is like season five of The Wire when McDulty is uh, sort of creating a fake serial killer, sort of siphon off money for uh, the Marlowe Stanfield investigation. Just sort of a classic uh, season five of The Wire on, situation. On the wire. <laughs> oh, I finished it. Good ending. Uh, good, ending to, uh, good ending to a show that is uh, slightly overhyped. Very good show. But people try to, people say it's the greatest show of all time. And I'm like, 
It's good. It's good. It's the greatest show of all time. Breaking Bad. Yeah. I think I think just nothing can yeah. actually like when you actually watch Breaking Bad and you actually yeah. watch every other show, it's like you're you're convincing yourself this show is better than Breaking Bad because it's been two years since you see Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I didn't watch Breaking Bad until like 2016 when it was all over. Mm. <laughs> just because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like have people talking to me about it all the time. Uh, yeah. while it was on and then I was able to sit down and like binge all of it and it is a ride and what a picture one of the greatest things I've ever seen you know yeah but the the wire was always standing as like this as a TV nerd like this thing that people are like it's the best it's the greatest of all time and I'm like it I haven't the, seen it so I'm not sure you know proto breaking bad it was the first time yeah uh, like uh, culture like was like hey have you been watching this show and like, are you watching? Yeah, and when it when it came out, it it very well may have been the greatest show of all time when it came out. Uh, yeah, but other but stuff. Yeah, I think it's out. been surpassed a bit. Yeah, but very good still. I'm not hating on a very good show. Like it, like it a lot. So um, way, that, way down uh, in that, that hole. cartoon, <laughs> way down. So uh, so that cartoon is called uh, Betty Boop presents Popeye the Sailor Man, and it's Betty Boop dancing at a county fair. And uh, doing a small like dance with Popeye on stage, it's like a hula, and it's the only time Betty Boop and Popeye are ever like on screen legitimately again. Wow! It's like doing BVS first. Mm-hmm. It would have been would have been cool if they could have gotten them back on screen. In a is Popeye in Roger Rabbit? Because I know Betty Boop is. I can't remember I if Popeye's like in the background of a shot. I think he is. But it's like the only time they were officially a featured thing together. Yeah, yeah, no, Damn totally. Ham gravy definitely is. Ham gravy is. Yeah, Eugene the Jeep is just back there. Just, sucking off. Just yeah. kid. I can't believe this. My boy fucking ham gravy got cucked hard, bro, <laughs> by a nation. A nation wrote in and we're like, please cuck this man. Can you imagine I was going to stay with my husband, but then I was flooded with letters. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I completely reset my existence. I even had a child. Oh, no. It, Popeye did not make the cut. In Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I'd assume he was in that bar. Yeah, there's a there's an early uh, script for like an early draft of the movie as a scene where Eddie Valiant uh, is at Marvin Acme's funeral and he was supposed to be in that scene, mm-hmm. but that got cut along with the the Tyrell shark. Yeah, it was with the Tyrell shark. It like big things that could have changed the meaning of the movie. <laughs> and it's also um the first uh like short that puts bluto like at the front page as like the bad guy because he was just like a background like dude who eats a turkey leg he was just large yeah he was just large he was just large and Mm -hmm. uh so this is large to um uh the short is bluto and popeye tall (laughs) He's large. <laughs> and large. And not any great. But he's large. He's all right. He's all right. He's large. 
song that song is so buck wild it is the most cuttable thing in the history of things i'm so glad they didn't cut it (laughs) honestly that hamburger song gets me every time it's like stuck in my head randomly like i'll just be at work this is a two-hour this is a two-hour movie with 30 minutes of music cut all of the music no, the the, the, the movie's number, way too long. It is way with the exception long. of the first song, nothing is like communicating story. No, so it's like, crazy be because Popeye was never a number, and then don't be a musical. Right. It, it seems like a strange like that's kind of the most shoehorned element that like you almost just don't need is like that yeah. it's a musical too yeah. which were musicals really big for kids at the time or something was it, there like a big it's all getting altman still are. big on yeah i'll, I'll get into yeah, it that's sure. true i guess like sing and shit is like i forget and that a lot of even in, a in, lot in, of kids movies are like in, shadow well, musicals yeah that's true for well, yeah. that's the that's the thing about if you uh, you don't have to make a good kids movie you have to make a good song within the kids movie because then which, a parent has to buy that movie no matter what trolls world tour Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. it's a, it like puts it takes off them. glasses, narrows eyes, trolls world tour. They really can't stop. Holds up a torch to the side of a wall, like like Prometheus, <laughs> like the cave drawings. My God, trolls world tour. It looks like it looks like there were some sort of trolls who went to the world tour. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, so the um i think this short is like the uh, is just sort of the thesis statement for all popeye cartoons from then on until history which is bluto is playing carnival games against uh popeye because he wants to win olive oil's love and he loses every time so he kidnaps her ties her up on a train track and then runs away Yo, why olive oil got this magic pussy? What's up with olive oil where every man, you got my boy Hambone, you got Bluto, you got like... Put some respect on that name. Sorry, Ham, sorry, Ham Gravy. How dare I? Ham Jeep. Ham Jeep. My boy Ham Jeep. That's when they do the fusion dance. Ham Gravy and Jeep do a fusion that's when they, when they do the earrings, it's it's cheap gravy. Cheap gravy. It's a SoundCloud rapper. Cheap gravy. Cheap gravy. And you're, you're never gonna guess what's capitalized. <laughs> Only the E's. Yeah. And there's three E's in gravy. Oh shit. And uh, so. Uh, E.C. Seeger actually loves that short so much he signs a five-year exclusivity deal with the Fleischers. Cool. And uh, so that uh, that turns them into churning out Popeye cartoons every month. And back then, everything's okay. hand-drawn like that, so it does take, like, a while. And actually, it's uh, they become so popular that in 1935, Popeye had more viewership as a Temple franchise than Mickey Mouse. Like, they actually did beat the mouse in the middle of the 30s. 
Fuck that mouse, guys. And um and uh and yeah, fuck that mouse. Sells yeah, you see US. me arms. <laughs> and spinach sales in the Dude, U.S. increased Mickey by one third. Mickey doesn't even bench though. Mickey can't lift shit. <laughs> yeah, hey, you can pump Mickey full of as many bullets as you fucking want. There's Mickey nothing stopping you. <laughs> you can fucking, you can, you can empty two Uzi clips into the fucking mouse. It, he will not be able to stop you. Yeah, yeah do it to the sailor with PTSD. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, well, hey, hey, I'm sorry. What uh, Superman powers did Mickey Mouse inspire? The um the voice of Popeye is uh done for the first thirty shorts by a guy named Red Pepper Sam. That's Good. not a name. That's a name of a Popeye character. No, tell me yeah, what's the actor's name. <laughs> Yeah. That's that like you're okay, if you move to Hollywood and you're like, I'm Red Pepper Sam, it's like in the thirties, it's like you're a, you were a serial killer somewhere. Where yeah. did you come from? There sure. are murders the entire route. Like you look at the map and it all lines up. We don't really have that I mean, I guess because you think about movie exactly. actors even in like the sixties, like Slim Pickens. And how like yeah. we don't fatty really Arbuckle? <laughs> Another have, attack like, on large culture. Who become actors yeah. like Aquafina or something? But you don't get someone who like yeah. I'm an actor and my name is like Blubberfish or something stupid. Fuck a twigs. <laughs> is that how you say that? I don't know how it's said, but it looks like fuck a twigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, emoji poots. So Red Pepper Sam's real name, are you ready for this? Is William yeah. Billy Costello. <laughs> isn't that William, isn't it technically Billy Billy Costello? Yeah. Billy maybe. Bill. It's <laughs> a good name too, and though. That so that's, a, that's a cool enough name. For the first 30 shorts, uh, he was the voice of Popeye. He's the original voice, but he was eventually fired because sometimes he was so drunk he would burn a day of recording because they couldn't understand what he uh, was saying. They'd have to prop him up on a stool uh, just to make him like, say some lines. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he was just a gross, incorrigible drunk that nobody wanted to be around. And uh, eventually they fired him, and they hired just uh, one of the guys that was in the orchestra that was kind of good at voices. They hired Jack Mercer. <laughs> they they and, hired uh, the soberest person they could find. It's 100% what they did. driver that day. And uh, he's credited with bringing like, new life to Popeye because like, uh, when they were turning these out fast, he started ad-libbing all of the lines and like none of it was sped up. He was actually doing these voices and he gave like the real like signature ticks uh, that like we know from like Popeye's voice. And yeah, I was uh, going to say, if the first guy is even, was he even iconic or was his Popeye just like, hello, I am Popeye, the sailor man. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> he played it like a real toothless sailor, like, cause Popeye has no, he, well, cause Robin Williams seems to do both where he will say a line very clearly and then mumble six other lines. It's like he yeah, forgets especially it's what he's supposed when to he, be doing. Yeah. The, the fact that this is his first movie role keeps blowing my fucking mind because it is kind of done. 
that performance is wild, but is done with such um, confidence that it felt yeah. like it was a very steady hand. You know what I mean? That's why right, I was right, like right. not sure where he was in his acting career because it feels so like he's like, going for it. Well, yeah, exactly, like exactly. Theater. It's similar to like um, uh, Jim Carrey doing Ace Ventura, right? Where, where he's like, like I'm cashing in on a lot of this. Well, he said like on day one, he told the director like, you know that the second we start doing it like this, I can't stop doing it like this. <laughs> and then like, the dailies are going to get to the, the execs in a week and we're going to have to like, show them a whole week of good stuff and I have to do it like this all the time. And it was just right, like, right. yeah. So um, they stopped doing pencil tests and went straight into like uh, just outsourcing the artwork and having it come back and having like just uh, him ad lib over those voices. But uh, they yeah. also started utilizing uh, the, what made the Popeye comics so significant, or uh, like cartoons so significant, is in animate, uh, like an animation technique called rubber hosing, which is like why their arms are so wiggly in the cartoons and stuff. It's like where mm. they have like mm-hmm. noodles, like, like rubber hoses. But on the other end, Disney had developed a style called stop and squeeze, which accounted for like the weight of like the the, the frames and their bones and stuff, I guess. And so it was like that was also that was also uh, Pixar later just had that as a in office thing you had to, yeah, <laughs> had sure. to do. <laughs> stop and squeeze stop is like squeeze. a is a John Lasseter policy for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had to put your keys in a little thing and then get stopped and squeezed. And it was just like it gave more of it like a like a bouncy but more realistic tone like you see sort of that's a difference between Popeye and um, and like Mickey Mouse cartoons essentially is that one because they're all drawing the same yeah. you know and yeah. that um, and my fucking Glock baby <laughs> and, I'm gonna um, shoot Mickey Mouse that's the bit <laughs> murder Mickey Mouse with a gun. <laughs> It's funny that you say that because, like, how many ghetto Popeye t-shirts have you seen in your life? Oh, dude, so many, like, that are, like, heavy weighted down with, like, metallic printed designs. Like, that was always a signature of Kmart is you could find, like, a ganged up Popeye shirt. I gotta look up Gangster Popeye. Oh, my God. And so much. So many results of different (laughs) Like so many different gangster Popeyes. <laughs> oh, this one's really good. I'm sending this one in our Discord. Hey, listeners, you can join our Discord and see see all these kooky fucking images that we dropped during the episodes and, and talk to us if you want. I don't know. I don't know no, what the man. fuck you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know. Robin Williams doesn't do. Like, Robin Williams does Good Morning in Vietnam seven years later, and then he's sort of back. You know, in action. Yeah, well, it's a Mork but, and like, Mindy was still heavy during that time, right? Like in between there, sure, he's just like, I'm just I a guess. TV guy. Yeah, Club Paradise. I mean, yeah, he didn't have like <laughs> he didn't come back as Robin Williams for seven years. Yeah, he just sort of it's like a great it, shot. I think like this movie is sort of like it, it was movie Joe. Yeah, Kyle sent in the sort of it's Popeye in a, a <laughs> Cosby sweater. 
counting <laughs> counting money counting stacks that is important to, to to specify that the sailor hat is tilted to the side yeah <laughs> almost to the back gets finished i try and do rag under the hat I've got one more. I've got one more good one, and I'm because this one, this one is great uh, as like a tattoo to get as a tattoo. I am what I I am. What I am is sort of a uh, is sort of him in like some streetwear, and he's he too he himself is all inked up. uh, Got the big heavy sailor ink on his on his arms there. uh, Has a banner that says "I am what I am." Maybe what we need is a David Ayer. Popeye. Hey, I mean, how about hey. a fucking tot? You know, I don't want to say it, but like, kind of like the Joker, it. but Popeye would be nice. I think. Yeah. Is it just me? Joker Popeye. Popeye. Or are they getting crazier out there? <laughs> you think what happened to Hambone is okay? <laughs> you think it's funny? What What happened to Ham Gravy? <laughs> I do, and I'm a lot of tired of talking about it like I don't. <laughs> so you really think a baby is psychic? Fuck. I used to think of... Uh, uh, he's walking down the stairs, but it's I am what I am, because I am what I am, because I am... <laughs> <laughs> terror on Kyle's face that we were going to move on he left he threw whatever he was doing on the floor <laughs> I used to think of uh, life as uh, sort of a tragedy but uh, now I see it's sort of a comedy <laughs> yeah a lot of laughs yeah <laughs> Oh, My favorite really Popeye line is when he gives a line and then he sort of does a little, he almost does a Jim Gaffigan thing where he then like comments on the line he yeah, just yeah. said in the little voice. Yeah, he's a lot paler than I thought he'd be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My definition, she's Asian, she's a panda. I like Technicolor at the time <laughs> was patented and copyrighted by Disney. 
It was called uh, Three Strip Technicolor, which is where they would use multiple animation cells on top of each other to create the, uh, the, the look. But nobody else could do it. So Popeye utilized Two Real, which was where they would take like an actual 3D photograph and then they would just have the animation cells over it and then they would just film it. Too real sounds like the what they'd print at the bottom of one of those Popeye shirts. <laughs> oh, too real. Too real. Ham gravy. Too real. I want to say I used um, uh, uh, subtitles for this too on Amazon, and <laughs> it didn't have music, like the music symbol, like the note. So it used. Um, the uh, uh, pound symbol, so it kept, or the number sign, so it kept looking like uh, a Robin Thicke video where it just kept having random lyrics with a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag I am what I am. Yeah, hashtag meat is meat. See, the, my problem with everything is food is that song is not right. <laughs> yes. Some things are not food. Chairs aren't food. Songs are lies. He does not need her. Not all food is food. He's not that I big. I don't even know if this is Sweet Haven because the songs are such an unreliable narrator. For sure. Some things ain't food, man. So um, they produce three color shorts for theaters. Uh, Popeye, meet, uh, Popeye meets uh, uh, Sinbad the Sailor, Popeye meets Alibaba, and Popeye meets Aladdin. Uh, they're Popeye the only meets color Sinbad the Comedian? <laughs> Are we going to do Same Sinbad dance. jokes as Popeye? Yeah, great. <laughs> do we not know any? I didn't want to call anybody out. I don't know. I, I could not pull a Sinbad out of my ass. All right. Um, they, uh, they're the only uh, color Popeye shorts that the Fleischers work on ever. And they were made to convince Paramount to produce a feature-length Popeye movie. Uh, this is still in, like, the 30s, mind you. So, like, it's going to be fucking expensive to make. Uh, this would have been the first feature-length animated movie ever. But Paramount said that they are going to wait because they hear that there's a pretty shitty cartoon that Disney's putting out. And they want to see how well that does before they put money into a feature-length cartoon. And that cartoon was Snow, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. All seven of them. Uh, all your friends. Slinky, Dinky, Doofus, Crack yeah. Pipe, <laughs> Tom <Dumb> fucking <laughs> <laughs> after they uh, after they see the success of Snow White, they uh, they greenlight an animated what movie. If there was an eighth dwarf named Cheap. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Drowsy, sleepy, dopey, cheap. <laughs> it's like the sponsored one. <laughs> It's ad placement. They're like, they're like, this is dopey and sleepy and PS Vita, and <laughs> holy shit, that's Dr Pepper Ten. That's grumpy. 
So the Fleischers convinced Paramount to greenlight a Popeye movie uh, uh, because of the success of Snow White, obviously. And uh, it's intended to be a Gulliver's Travels, but with Popeye being like the Gulliver and stuff like that. Oh, look at all these tiny people. They're tying me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it was literally going to be like Popeye in Gulliver's Travels. Correct. And instead, they did a full length Gulliver's Travels adaptation without Popeye that's faithful to the source material and it made not a lot of money. Hmm. And uh, then um, something changes Popeye, like aesthetically, when we start to get to the 40s. And that's uh, Pearl Harbor happens. And. As the most popular cartoon that's in the military, he then becomes propaganda. He was never the same after Pearl Harbor. There's like, um, even to the point no, that they, there's they, this dropped, they, they dropped a bomb on me, Harbor, and it turns out they knew the whole time. There's actually a Fleischer uh, short. It's like a truther. It's like a Pearl Harbor truther. war. <laughs> <laughs> the country doesn't profit unless we in a war, you see. <laughs> All goes back to simple economics. E- economics. economics. Can you so, imagine like, um, the Cheney speech in W like there is no exit strategy? <laughs> and he just has a giant forearm when he points. That was actually like, um, it became a symptom of all the cartoons of the time, you know, because where you got your news back in the day was you went to the movies because right before the movie, they would give you updates on the war. And so you'd also put your cartoons there too. So it was treated like that. So uh, that's why all the cartoons had to sort of be Betty Boop uh, flirting with the soldiers or... um, I watched a, I, I watched some of these Popeye propaganda shorts, the wildest one, and it's the final Fleischer produced Popeye, and it's called "You're a Sap, Mister Jap." And uh, it's a <laughs> sharp inhale, right? And it's Popeye <laughs> on a gunship shooting down kamikaze planes and saving Pearl Harbor. Yeah, a thing that happened. Pearl Harbor got saved. Y'all know the success rate of kamikazes, by the way? 17%. (laughs) 83% of kamikaze pilots drove into the water. They built a whole... Kyle, they built a whole plane. (laughs) A guy went all the way over and then (laughs) drove it into the water. Uh, but I but I ask you, what could the training program possibly be like? No, no I'm not saying that children buckled into a plane on the way to school. I'm saying no, my thing is just you get you get one shot. You know, you a lot shot. of them a lot of them clearly didn't listen to Eminem because they missed their chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. I mean, they really yeah. are some. Uh, not going to give up my shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would say they completely missed the the battleship. The the thing about uh, Popeye being propaganda that that like fascinates me the most um, is that uh, pretty pretty dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
to, to be like, this is you, troops. Hey, troops dying for America. You're this dumb fuck from the comic book. Or was he like the most beloved dumb fuck of all time? He was the most beloved dumb fuck of all time. And <laughs> the thing was, go. he was already a sailor. And uh, so Popeye before. It's like imagining um, people marching to their death wearing Homer Simpson merch and being like, we're like him. <laughs> The um so Popeye is typically uh, in a like like a black or a white shirt, right? Black shirt is usually pre World War II propaganda, but after World War II, the only remnant of that is they gave him proper like dress blues from the Navy. <clears throat> like they decidedly want to be like, nah, this guy's like American. Does he have after the after World War Two propaganda? He has a medal for like killing like hundred men or something. <laughs> his body count is like ever present. Yeah, he writes a book about his PTSD. <laughs> and so, all right, can't sleep at night. Can't can't get a wink of it. No, no, can't. No, the voices they keep me up. They keep me up. They scream and they scream it real loud. So, um, as they're making this propaganda, like, the Fleischers themselves don't want to be making it, but it's, like, Paramount being like, you gotta kind of make these things, and, like, forcing them to do it because that's what's getting money. Um, uh, and, like, uh, all of their cartoons that aren't Popeye that are coming from this studio are getting rejected because they're like, we only want Popeye shit. Like, we don't want any of your other, like... We don't like only Popeye. Well, because and because um, people, so, my 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 grandpa used to tell me stories where he would like go and they would like, he said back in the day, like if if they weren't playing the short that you wanted, like you and your friends would cause enough of a ruckus that the guy up in the booth would change it. So he was like, if people, so like it was probably a thing of like people aren't playing Popeye. The people are like literally throwing chairs at the screen and shit. That's how you that was changing the channel seventy years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was it was Our angrily tweeting at the that, theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why that's why like grandparents are so shocked by remotes and apps was that they used to have to start riots to get a new movie to start. Strangers. So, um, uh, like Paramount is still bankrolling all of these like shorts that even don't get funded because they're using their stuff. You know, um, this uh, this increases like an overinflated budget that was with Gulliver's Travels, and so Paramount starts sticking them with like debt and makes it a loan. So they're trying to make shorts and sell shorts to gain money so that they can pay back the money they owe. And they keep- wait, wait, wait. So, wait, I'm confused about how this pyramid scheme works. So, <laughs> Paramount came in and was like, okay, we're paying for you, we're bankrolling the movies. Turns out you actually owe us a ton of money, and now you're like yeah. weird slave wage. They bankrolled them Paramount on loans. Now? Yeah, they bankrolled them on loans. They made it a loan instead of like actually payment, you know? So it was like, wow. you better pay up if, like, the thing you produce doesn't get bought. That's a loss on you. You owe us this money. So Paramount literally had the deal set up where if it was a success, they made money. And if it wasn't a success, they didn't lose any money. Yeah, it's a real Mr. Wonderful deal. Yeah, it's a real Mr. Wonderful. Like, I'm going to... Fuck, man. That's terrible. And um, Dave Fleischer. I'm not familiar with, with, with Mr. Wonderful. Oh, he's uh he's the shark on Shark Tank. 
who always does like a weird deal where he's like, okay, you're asking for 5%. I'll do 3% with a 25 cent royalty in perpetuity. So every unit you sell has to like, his deals always have like six pieces and they're, you're yeah. like, I think you're fucking me somehow really hard. He's always fucking it's me. Always. He's <laughs> always. You just need one idiot to say yes. And then you've, you yeah, own, the guy you own their shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's gonna he's gonna be Trump's uh, Canada's Trump. <laughs> he's running for yeah. office there soon. But yeah, so with that loan, again, they owe uh, to settle the debt. That's well over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at this point because of the unpurchased cartoons. They went and plus they also went over budget on Gulliver's Travels to uh, what would amount today to eleven million dollars. Uh, they, wow. which was a big flop. Which, by the way, has Gulliver Travels ever been done well? No, like that's maybe a weird development hell property too that nobody talks about because that thing like has it ever been adapted well? It's one of those right, like Fantastic Four, where maybe there's just kind of no way to do this. Yeah, or in great two Gatsby, hours on a screen. Know? Well, Gatsby, I think might work every time. It's just not that good a fucking story. It's a great novel. Like that, that's this thing it's so rich in literature read. that it doesn't work as yeah. a movie because it's literature. The, it's the Baz Luhrmann thing is maybe the most successful because it is the most insane and most like dense visually. It's true. Is it the Leo one? So that's the Leo one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that they didn't want Tobey Maguire in that movie, but Leo DiCaprio said he wouldn't do that movie unless you put Tugboat in it? Yeah, they're old buds. You need it, dude. You need it. You need you need Toby. I mean, who else do you get? So, who else do you get? Who else do you, yeah, who else are you gonna fucking get? They um. <clears throat> so the Fleischers they make one major short that makes them a lot of money. Not short, a feature that makes them a lot of money, and it's the first animated Superman that's in Technicolor. Mm. Based on the comic strip Popeye. Yeah, based on the comic strip Popeye. So at some point, the Nexus happens, you know? And um, so that bridges the gap for the debt on the unpaid cartoons. But then they make another movie because they think they have enough success. And it's called Mr. Bug Goes to Town. Great. And I'm going to say that. In fact, we don't know that we don't all go, oh, yeah, Mr. Bug Goes to Town bodes badly for this. I heard he's going to get added to the Snyder Cut, is that they went and shot a bunch of Mr. Bug stuff. Yeah, Mr. Bug and Jeep are coming back into the the Snyder. Uh, You know what? I feel like I've seen him in, like, maybe referenced in other stuff. You know what? I fuck with his look. He... He got yeah, a, he has a butt that's a penis. You're telling Dude, me you do this guy go to town? He got a crazy <laughs> donk. He does go to town. It looks like on her. I was gonna say. Yeah, I, um, I watched a couple Hoppity clips hop. of it, and like, uh, it has like a weird cartoon kiss between those two. That's like, like, like you see the tongues. What did What did you say that this was called? Boppity. Hoppity goes. What to was town. it again? Mr. Bug goes to town. Hoppity schmoppity takes Mr. Bug into the town. It was, oh, well, I watched a, uh, uh, the, uh, it was called Mr. Bug in Europe. Uh, that's because uh, I watched like a European guy detail like this whole section of uh, the Popeye journey. Yeah. So I Mr. Mr. Bug. Yeah. Hi there, Mr. Wild, Bug. You going to town, there? That movie bombs like crazy, and it's the last like straw. Paramount uh, 
gets uh, they retrieve the rights of uh, the rest of like doing Superman cartoons from Fleischer Studios, takes it, and then liquidates <laughs> all of their assets until it makes up the rest of the money they owe, and then kick them out. They rebrand the whole thing as Famous Pictures Studios. That's nice. That's gonna make what you make sound good. Yeah, right. yeah. You make famous pictures. We're, I'm gonna start one called Reputable Studio. <laughs> yeah, good <Studios>. products. <laughs> and um, so that starts uh, them doing Popeye cartoons only in color because Paramount has more of a control over what's going on. And uh, the cost of color, though, means they're stopped doing monthly installments. And they're now only doing like eight cartoons a, a year. And then so now we're into now we're in the 50s and um, that these cartoons are starting to dwindle in like creativity. They're formulaic. There's just nothing going on like the Popeye cartoons we know and probably our main opinion of Popeye. And uh, then it starts to get more family friendly and uh, it seriously dips. And in 1953, the first and only 3D like with like the red and blue glasses Popeye movie comes out. And nobody likes it. It's pretty nauseating. And, uh, and like, everyone else is just watching cartoons. Well, everyone's TV, trying to know? watch it. Now, now, it is interesting for Popeye to come out in a medium that he himself would have been unable to, like, unable to, to actually <laughs> yeah. watch with one eye. He lacks the ability. Now, why is it fuzzy? <laughs> Why is it only blue, eh? What's the big idea? 3D means blue? <laughs> it leads to the last theatrical Popeye cartoon in 1957, and uh, Famous Pictures goes on to work on their other original works, including Casper the Friendly Ghost. Um, all of them have like these weird like diminishing returns until Famous Studio is then eventually closed in 1963. And then, uh, so Paramount only owned the the reason that uh, Popeye only came out in theaters is because Paramount only owned rights to put things in theaters. King Features was getting zero dollars from any of the movie releases because they only owned like a televised clause. And so they took it upon themselves in like 1960 to start a Popeye cartoon, and that that cartoon ran from 1960 to 1963. And they produced over 250 Popeye episodes. And they did it by outsourcing Popeye to four different animation houses at the same time and just had them go crazy. And that's why Popeye isn't consistent in art or storytelling or tone at all. Hmm. And Because they're um, basically making cartoon, four, four consecutive series at the same time, essentially. Exactly. Just calling it the same TV series. That's interesting. And it's even just like the even like the artwork is different. Like each Popeye one from each animation now says like different eyes or just like a different way they're drawn or is like more well, cute different eye. or not, you know? Yeah, different eye. Yeah. Um, Jeep Jeep's dick nose is huge or Jeep's dick nose <laughs> is super flaccid or So uh, they weren't allowed to use the name Bluto because Paramount claimed that they owned the rights to Bluto. For using it in that cartoon, and that one. What else would we whole... call him? He's large, so they call him Brutus. Oh, okay. And um, pretty good workaround. <laughs> Everyone shrugs. All right. 
<laughs> Later, it's actually found out that King Pictures did create Bluto. And that, like, that, uh, that, that lawsuit was for nothing, and it was just petty bullshit. Um, they, like, uncover these, the tapes? What? <laughs> these cartoons ran in syndication until the early 90s. Like, they were just Popeye. And, yeah, I mean, um, cartoons are, were one of the cheapest things for, like, syndication networks to, to buy, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. Like, super early on was just, like, old cartoons. That's why they, like, aired on, like, almost every channel. Huh. Then, uh, Popeye was also this is the sort of wave of Popeye that like we probably saw that we yeah. probably like kind of saw either mm-hmm. peripherally or actually watched. Well, it's because like this is the Popeye cartoons that my mom would end up growing up on, you know. Like she's born right. like, the really like, like arm years, wavy yeah. like like I feel like the and the formula becomes very like Popeye's in a sitch. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Spinach win, which is kind of the movie, I guess. It's kind of the last ten minutes of this. Well, it's why yeah. like I talked to my mom once and I used the name Bluto talking about Popeye, and she's like, "No, his name's Brutus." Um, interesting. So is it is it like, like a real a like like I'm an I'm a I'm a fan of the source material to name him Bluto? Is it Altman being <laughs> like a nerd? <laughs> No, it was just being um, like, well, because... actually, his name's Kalel. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it was still, uh, it's Kakarot, buddy. <laughs> it's K carrot. Uh. It's K carrot. It's K carrot. <laughs> it's K carrot. To K carrot. K carrot. You owe me an apology. <laughs> For that bit, you owe me it's an like apology. It's like I gotta save the Namikians. <laughs> <laughs> um Popeye was also super creative in like the it like was like huge in the comic books. They had rebranded all of the old Thimble Theater comic books as just Popeye the Sailor and they had just like uh done like re-inkings of them and they were turning out like trading cards and it was just like physical media like Popeye was killing it because of like gangster ass photos. And that sort of is kind of how Popeye still, like, exists today. He's just sort of a character, you know? Like, he's pluggable anywhere. He's on actual bags of spinach at the store, you know? He's, like, he's just yeah. Popeye at this point. Like, you find him in, like, Because what's the last commercial. piece of media? Like, what is the most recent piece of Popeye media? Is it this? It's not this, because they do, like, there are, like, 90s Popeye cartoons and stuff like that. Because Hanna Barbera takes over the reins of it, and it becomes like something else later on. But yeah, like most of all of Popeye's like cartoons and media were done in the '60s, and then you just watching that, and then the rest is commercials. Because that's like Betty Boop, where it's like they're not, they're not, they haven't made new Betty Boop in like our whole like since we've been alive, right? Right. But we all know who Betty Boop is because. She, guys used to time. jerk off to her and Listen, she's on mud flaps. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Listen, there are baby. other like uh, there are other like Saturday morning cartoon-esque Popeye shows. Like there's one called uh like Popeye and Son where it's about him and his son Popeye Jr., who's like a blonde teenager who when he eats spinach gets buff in the legs and uh, his son is named Sweet fucking sweet tea or sweet pea or whatever. <laughs> sweet pea. <He's> Arizona <laughs> green tea. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> his name is, and, is my own kid, my own, my own infant kid. Arizona Green Tea. Um, uh, 
this uh so that's like yeah that's that brief history on popeye and then the 70s roll around and popeye is sort of just you know that saturday morning or is just sort of a cartoon and sort of a guy and um in 1977 little orphan annie is on broadway it ends up running for six years and it's fucking printing money it's like uh it, it i mean every like 10 years we get like one broadway hit that just fucking does that you know but but that is like kind of a Broadway hit that then like I think more people know Little Orphan Annie as like a musical than they do like yeah, that's the, sort the, of the a, a rebranding show. of yeah of a yeah of a media so much that now a new generation really only knows that version and so which yeah, is very I, rare to happen. I didn't know actually. I thought you it was I thought it honestly the show first. No, because remember, um, uh, remember in Christmas Story when he's a big fan of the Little Orphan Annie radio show and he uses that decoder ring and it's for a crummy I guess I never considered that as like the same Annie's for some reason. I don't know. I thought that was like a Little House in the Prairie type deal. But I don't I, yeah, it's, it's it, weird. It, it, I know. It's, I, it's like Kyle said. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, so Robert Evans comes into the scene at this point and, uh, Robert Evans, uh, do you guys know who he is? Hell yeah, dog. Oh yeah, he is. I, um, I don't. Kyle, uh, anytime a movie has uh, had a cigar smoking, sun baked like movie producer, like studio exec, it's them being him. Yeah, oh, like yeah, he's yeah. just like a coke. Mm-hmm. Like he produced Godfather, Chinatown, Godfather Part Two, Urban Cowboy, and he wanted his next film to be Annie. He was fighting super hard so, to be the so dude that- who was doing Annie. So this guy is sort of the cliche of like, listen, kid, he is a doing in Hollywood with like he the is, cigar uh, and the suspenders. He's the president of Hollywood uh, that Bill Hader was playing in the. That Jimmy Bill Star Hader. Chorus. All right, cool. Yeah. I fuck with it. Uh, <laughs> Yo, um, I want to eat lunch with that dude. That dude knows the best places to eat lunch. A guy like that, <laughs> yeah. an evil man like that. He's got his finger on the pulse of a good sandwich and. And let me yeah. tell you, those he's listen- the kind of guy that looks in the window and sees what waiters are working and says, "No, not today." And all of those <laughs> yeah. movies are movies that wouldn't have got made without the power of cocaine. Like this man is basically just like the cocaine god, you know. And uh, he <laughs> he loses the fight for Annie to Columbia Pictures. Like it was like a big deal, and so he walks right back into Paramount and he goes, "What do we have the rights to? What cartoon can we make a musical before Annie even comes out?" And then some like uh, assistant goes, "Oh, we have Popeye." Hey, you know what's gonna be popular again in in fifty years? Sea shanties. Let's do it. <laughs> so, um, right now I'm going to read you guys some uh, some things from Robert Evans's IMD trivia. I love that. Um, let's see. He has suffered three near-fatal strokes. I mean, he's dead now, so one of them was fatal. Um, he was implicated but never charged in the murder of theatrical impresario Ray Rad in the so-called Cotton Club murder. Evans, was, uh, was who was producing the Cotton Club, a movie, had been in contact with Rad that day, and he was a potential investor in the movie. Huh. So he killed um, a man over movie investment stuff. Interesting. He was the, uh, the, he's like, uh, he attended Henry Kissinger's 50th birthday party. Like, he's, he's best friends with Henry Kissinger is like a big thing about him, too. Like, uh, 
like they play tennis together like they were writing letters to each other all the time um uh, it's insane like uh i don't want to ruin the rest of what i want to talk about now by reading his imdb shit but i'll get into this um in 1956, he's on a business trip with his brother because his brother runs a female, like a woman's like clothing company, and they're uh, dressing, uh, they're doing the clothing for Man of a Thousand Faces, and um, he's on set and like he, in his autobiography, he says like I'm just like they just wanted me, they didn't like uh, I was like the handsomest guy in the room. Now, of course, I had to play this film mogul. Like he plays like the husband of like some lady, and it's like a it's like a two second scene. And then that started him interested in making movies. And then later on... So it turns uh, out uh, I'm a sex icon. Who knew? You know? And uh, he, and then he's later on in like... Uh, I forgot what the other movie is. I, did. Oh, I forgot to write that down. But uh, he, he's in some other movie and an actress like hates his cocky attitude because it's been going on for like a couple of years now. And they're like, he's not even good. Like, take him out of the movie. And the director goes, the kid stays in the picture. And that line stays with uh, Robert Evans the rest of his life. He even, like, titles that his autobiography. Oh, my God. He, uh, he uses his earnings from the clothing business to start producing movies, and that makes him a partner in Paramount, which then in 1967, he is then hired as the head of Paramount. And I think it happens because he has good cocaine. Because there's nothing about, like, the production of Popeye that doesn't scream cocaine everywhere. Yeah, the it feels like a, a kid's movie where people are doing hard drugs and terrible things right off camera. Yeah. Doesn't mm -hmm. it? I like, mean, like, which it, was... It, Robin Williams were way, dirt, like, even Altman was known for it, too. Yeah, Altman was, like, a crazy coke fiend. It's like, this movie is sort of uh, just uh, Robert Evans working with his coke circle. Hmm. So, I don't want to, I, um, so in 1977, he commissions the guy who wrote the Phantom Tollbooth to write the script. He wants Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlinson as Olive uh, and uh, and Popeye, respectively, and John Schlesinger to direct and uh, the director of Midnight Cowboy, which are all just like weird, like art house choices. You know, it's the same thing as like saying like Scorsese's going to do Joker, right? <laughs> but then, it's but just Scorsese like, like walks that back. And like doesn't really yeah. and doesn't produce it, but then but this is like Scorsese like directing John, Joker. Yeah, John Schlesinger like uh, leaves uh, at the same time as Dustin Hoffman because they hate the script, uh, and, and in that original script sure. it was probably just because there was Eugene the Jeep, just uh, being a little magical like a uh, filled condom everywhere. Oh, yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, and. And then they transferred, like, the powers and, like, the big subject of the magic pet to Sweepy, of course. And um, so after all of that, Robert hires his good buddy Altman. Or, not, like, uh, Robert Evans hires Altman. And they replace Hoffman with a young up-and-coming star, uh, Robin Williams, in his first leading role. And then it's just, like, years of... Uh, Robin Williams actually did spend a lot of time just working on being Popeye and like working out and like is honestly the best shape of his life there but it's also filled with cocaine and pills people don't talk enough much about how like Robin Williams was in the room when Chris Farley died but I feel like you have brought it up a few times <laughs> yeah. no one will ever be able to accuse you of not talking about it enough <laughs> right 
I just wanted it on wax once. Uh, he was there. Not I just want. I just want to know if 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 one time Chris Farley ever ate a big mound of cocaine with with gravy with with pork gravy on top. Uh, that's all that is all you want to know. Yeah, that's what I want to know. With that's ham it. gravy, just some ham gravy. And uh, so Altman takes over, and he's uh, he says no to Lily Tomlinson, and says I want Shelley Duvall. And Shelly Duvall says no for a long time, and he actually spends like a lot of time like trying to court her to become Olive because he thinks she's the only one that can do it. And I kind of think he was right. Um, but what? the studio hires Gilda Radner. Okay. And uh, she ends up quitting because her manager Bernie Brillstein writes a letter to her and says, "I don't think it's a good idea for you to go to like this weird secluded island with like the type of people Robert Evans and Robert Altman are." And like, yo, of that, kind of a based out of this, kind of a based take from the manager. Yeah, that's a good ass manager, honestly. Right. Because also, like, hey, you don't need to do this movie, and it, you're going to Creep Island <laughs> to be like right. tied well, up yeah. for half your scenes. Like Olive Oil's like um, historically like uh, always tied up. Didn't Robin Williams ultimately call the set Stalag Altman? <laughs> yeah yeah and uh they're just like huge i mean imagine just like the producer and director of this movie are two dudes who are just like always scratching because they're like snorting coke and they're just trying to make this big movie as a middle finger to the fact that they lost the rights to little orphan annie right they're really they're andrew lloyd webbering it yeah they really are it's like a big uh, a fuck you um, and then uh, Altman <laughs> Altman insists on using Henry Nilsson for all of the music, saying he has the only sound that can really like make this movie make sense. And the studio tells him no; they don't like him for it. Robert Evans tells him no. Robin Williams tells him no. Uh, like Shelley Duvall's like, I don't think this is like good, and like he insists on it to the point where he gets the studio to build a whole like uh, to build a uh, music studio on set big enough to fit the whole orchestra and everything and flies Henry Nilsson out there with his personal orchestra and that gets us to the island of Malta itself that they built this set on because every single building there is a real building that is livable they built the gorgeous sound like an incredible movie where you can tell every single thing is made mm-hmm like uh it, none of those are sound stages they're actually on location technically every time they're in a room you know like everything is built and it is still up to this day and you can go there it's an amusement park Kyle what do you got I am so deeply upset by that for some reason that one the whole set. no that it's like still there that it's Popeye Village, Popeye Village. And, yeah it's called like Popeye Village and they have a ride and everything. No, yeah, they have people dressed as olive oil and like, it's like Plymouth Plantation where they go and they're on character 24 hours. I mean, I'll parrot what I believe Amy Pascal said in an email. Who the fuck cares about Popeye? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, so 80% of the movie's budget went into building this town in a secluded island, on a secluded island. 
And Altman that does not said he leave because... a lot of Quaalude money. <laughs> Altman said he did it because it's harder for the studio to say no when you're on an island somewhere. That's, I mean, the that is logic, I suppose. Well, no, that's Dennis' logic from Always Sunny. That's literally yeah. the implication. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We're here. Are you going to say no? Or are we going to have a nice relationship? Uh so they also um so all of those wrecked ships that are in the movie like that are like in the harbor yeah were boats that were rented and then shot with guns until they sank shooting gun shooting boat tax (laughs) 48 cents and um shortly uh, and actually in the middle of filming robert evans pleads guilty to cocaine trafficking because his brother's clothing company that was originally funding all of his movies was a drug trafficking ring. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first and, of uh, all, he, he fucking that's cool. <laughs> Why isn't that a movie? That's pretty, yeah. That's cool as fuck. And, um, You're telling me this guy made The Godfather and also was like sneaking cocaine in pants? Mm-hmm. And All dresses. Right. <laughs> Sounds like a cool guy. <laughs> uh, even though he pled guilty to like avoid prison, he still maintain, uh, he still maintains his innocence, claiming he never should have been convicted of trafficking because he used more than he could sell. He pled guilty to drug trafficking to avoid prison well it was like he um he took like a he like paid his fine or whatever like he white guyed it uh yeah okay good 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 for him yeah <laughs> thank yeah, god it. Uh, even though he is like a yeah. smooth tanned leather he was able to like white guy it that's great he uh he's quoted as saying bob cocaine evans is how i'll be known to my grave like this man just loved the cocaine. Hell yeah, dog. The um So the thing about Robert Evans is that is what sort of ruins him is like obviously this cocaine charge and he's like sort of drifts into not producing anything after that. You know, like uh but you know after, uh, that ruins him. He uh he tries to, you know, like really get on his feet. He makes a, like he produces like Jade and like uh, like David Caruso starring detective thrillers and stuff like that in the 90s. But uh, the thing that really like makes him money later on in life is he writes an autobiography about everything he did uh, like uh, in the industry, like when he was running Paramount and stuff. And that and it's called The Kid Stays in the Picture. Hmm. Which, honestly, I kind of want to read. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, it would. It's, it's, another, it's something that might come up down the road. Oh yeah, for it's sure. definitely a crazy um, story. Even so if he's a the piece rest of shit, like it's definitely going to be fucking. He lived a yeah. wild life, I'm sure. He seems like if Jerry Bruckheimer like made Oscar-y movies too, like mm-hmm. he's got that sort of like trash, cocaine vibe like surrounding him. Yeah, it's just like it. It is a story that probably it's hard to make as a movie because of everything and how much of a person he's parodied, like, because he's parodied so much in, like, the idea of what a studio exec is. Well, I mean, um... He's like the villain of an entourage, like, season. Uh, 
Bradley Cooper is supposed to be, but is apparently playing John Peters in Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie, which, holy shit, John Peters of, uh, I don't want to see Superman in the suit fame. They're making that movie? They're making a movie about, it seems like it's about a, uh, it's a, a, like a young child star gets in with like a Hollywood exec. And it seems like Bradley Cooper plays the exec who is John Peters. Oh. Or a John Peters type. I'll watch that. Like a, I'd rather know, like watch a hairdresser turned producer. Robert Evans movie. Yeah, well, look, whatever you want to show me. <laughs> right. So that Altman, you know, moves the, everything to Malta. Plus, like Robert Evans being gone means there's literally no studio Overwatch at this point. You know, like. He convinced a studio to build him a town, <laughs> and he's yeah, and then like, and then convinced them to leave him alone. Saying no, which is just right. It's a couldn't happen now. Type shit. I had you know what in a weird way I had this a similar feeling to Apocalypse Now when watching this, where I was like, it, it feels like again, like I said, horrible things are happening after the cameras stop rolling every night. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, but, uh, they started actually like filming before the prosthetic arms were done, and like Robin Williams actually complained a lot about certain arms because they would do things like you know uh, they, they used like inflatable pumps to make the arms at some point, but in some shots they're paper mache, and that's why they're shiny was to put an oil around it. Yeah. Also, whatever when they're in the water scenes, whatever like makeup they were using to like blend into his skin tone was totally gone, and they're just like these weird generic flesh-colored flotation devices. And similar to when like they clearly didn't couldn't put boxing gloves over them, so like the boxing scene is especially like the arms somehow look like six inches too long. And that's why like there's all those scenes with him like in that jacket too. They um they right. also filmed all the songs live singing instead of like doing what's normally done for a musical where it's like you know you, you don't have to straight because they're gonna dub over or like record like a track over it. Hmm. I mean like even when Les Mis did that, it was still like a big deal. Um, it, and Tom Hooper famously of, said, "We're gonna Popeye it. We're gonna Popeye it. <laughs> We're gonna do a Popeye." And um. But uh, they filmed the whole movie not knowing that Robin Williams's Popeye impression was inaudible. The sound guy was just afraid to tell them. I can't fucking hear what he is the, saying. The sound guy's only ever seen two Popeye shorts, but they were silent. So he was like, this guy, this guy's crushing yeah. it. He's really good. He's nailing it. How'd that sound? Sounded good. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, like they got it and they're like, oh no. So they actually had to spend a lot of time with Robin Williams redubbing over God. it. Like, with Could audio. you imagine so a harder like... performance to ADR than this fucking jarbled mess? Well, and probably a thing where like you're probably coked out of your mind or drunk or whatever you are when you're shooting it, that you're back at a studio a year later and you have to go try to listen and figure out what you improved. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because it's also that where like, it really and Altman was a huge like fuck the script we're on the set so now we can make the movie that we want to make on the day kind of guy and with a, something like this you can and with someone like Robin Williams it's definitely like I need you to say these three lines kind of legible like clearly and then mumble whatever you want to do and that's why like 
the funniest Popeye lines are what you can tell he like improv mumbles. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, I was wondering because Altman when he's wrestling with the money at the carrot guy. Altman is known for being a uh, yeah. a uh, like a big improv in the moment kind of director, right? Like I don't. Yeah. I'm actually kind of embarrassed to say like, I've never. Yeah. This might be the only Altman movie I've ever actually watched. Oh wow! Uh, I, he's like a huge. I would recommend uh, Dark Spot for me. I would recommend to anybody to check out The Long Goodbye. Okay. Um, yes. Which is is his um uh oscar movie or? it's his uh philip marlowe it's his phil now i mean he had a lot of those but it's his philip marlowe detective movie he also made the mash movie right um and so, and, and, and son of the mash, <laughs> son of the mash. <laughs> i really the mash like oscar Park. um he he was a big like he loved actors and loved like just sort of kind of creating chaos with his stuff visually or this or that it was very he, he very rarely was like oh man the script is the bible it was right. like and because of that he made a lot of movies a lot of it kind of came off experimental uh and he would break through every once in a while and that he, he had this series of like critically acclaimed but not commercially successful movies um and from what i understand like robert evans in, a, in an adm admirable way, was trying to get him in favor again. Mm -hmm. Like, get over here and make something that might make money that people might like uh, to get back in the swing with people, with audiences. And then suddenly he makes this, and it kind of hurts everybody. I am what I am, and I am what <laughs> like hard cut to. Probably <laughs> <laughs> is going to be attracted to the sort of craziest, weirdest idea, which in nashville or um three women uh or the long good night uh or long goodbye it's that's okay right with popeye with a musical with an adaptation of a cartoon that costs millions of dollars doesn't quite work yeah he's just such an interesting call to and, be um, like this is the guy who's gonna make popeye yeah happen and like maybe was the only one that could. That's very interesting. And you can tell it's like, um, we talk about adaptations that are made by people who don't love or care about the product. And like Altman, Which, obviously it's clear. Popeye. That much is super clear. <laughs> But again, even that's not a sure thing because he had made The Long Goodbye, which was a fuck you to the source material and Marlowe like snobs. Basically sort of creating the affable, funny, you know, like the template for Lebowski or uh, Inherent Vice is in his long mm -hmm. goodbye. Like he's a guy that is OK with saying fuck you to source material. Yeah, but in this in this way, he, he like really genuinely, I think, wanted to adapt right. this really like uh, true to the adaptation. And it's it is it like. For me, it was when that guy is kicking his hat in that like very long lens shot, where the guy is like trying to chase down his hat and he just keeps kicking it. That I was like, I was sure. like, wow, he's really just he's really going for this. And it's like I don't know if I love <laughs> what he ended up doing with it, but I love that he did it. You know, like it's one of those ideas right. where it's like, dude, you should do that because that might really work. Like it might be the only way to make it work. And I don't think there's a way 
Because also Popeye is a cartoon property that's so cartoony, right? Like Inspector Gadget, if it was a cartoon first or something, you could see that being a thing. Or so you know what I mean. You could see other things, like Dick Tracy, even like you know you, you give him like crazy look or whatever. But I, I feel like this is so cartoony in everything, in the way that their their limbs move and their body proportions, and like it's such a an interesting yeah. beast to try and tackle live action. Well, it's like making live action Charlie right. Brown. It's always going to be weird. Right. But with like, but with Barry Jenkins directing. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like, get something like this when something like where the wild things are comes out, you know, yes. huh, that's a great call. And you watch it and you're like, this guy is very into adapting the book and not, you know, it's weird. I mean, it's, and not yeah. actually like, I hate like, I don't know if I can hate like where the wild things are because like it's not really like anything. Oh, I love that movie. Did I think that soundtrack movie t- that overpowers a movie. I think that movie taps correctly into how Maurice Sendak only wrote about how childhood is the scariest, loneliest thing in the world, and what if there were creatures who were only always children, like the sad side of the lost boys or whatever that story is, the sort of permanent youth would mean permanently sad, lonely people, which is what these monsters are. But that's just me. Look, spikes got to look out for look, large men and large men spikes and spikes. We look out for each other. We listen. To there was a guy other. in the movie. Did you catch that? There was a guy in the movie named spike. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I, my favorite character, <laughs> One day, a character in a movie will be named Spike, and they won't be like some street tough who definitely hits women. <laughs> yeah, but one day. So, like, yeah, it, the movie comes out, and it's sort of just like uh, like it skids, you know? Like, it, uh, it's hated by a lot of fans, but uh, a lot of critics are actually, like, calling it high art. And like, like Roger Ebert, like loved it. Like he was like, like loved it as much as he didn't understand it, basically. <laughs> like, uh, which like that's kind of how we all feel. I think like uh, that's like the right takeaway from it, and that like it aged into the correct opinion. But when it came out, I could see like somebody going to the theaters and being like, "What the fuck, man? Like, why? What did you do to Mork from Ork?" Well, because I'm also trying. I was trying to watch this, and just like there was a certain point where I was watching this, and I was like. Wait, is this just like a kids movie and it's 1980 and I'm really not supposed to think about any of this? Like, which I think is a big part of it, too. You know what I mean? Like, we think of our kids, like kids movies now are like soul where it's like asking an eight year old to like ponder a life unlived. (laughs) I know. Kids movies really I talked to a buddy of mine who... I, I talked to a buddy of mine who was a kid, like when the movie came out, and he was like, "It's actually kind of my favorite musical because, like, I think all other musicals are lame." There you go. This musical so is this a boxing movie. Like a, so like there you go. hit him as a kid, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it did make twice its budget back eventually, you know, and it became like a cult classic, and it just. Uh, sort of lived forever in that cable TV. Yeah, I kind of knew it as like a as like and a I cult like classic, but I always thought it was kind of like a like hook, you know, cuz with the there's a couple connections there. Yeah. I did think it was like hook. Yeah, I thought it was much like more yeah, I think it was sort of his redemption or something like hook. I thought it was much more like whimsical. Whereas this is just such 
I think it's kind of like that thing where I, I, I had a problem with it for 45 minutes and I suddenly loved it where like it's energy, nothing, no movie has ever felt like this movie. Uh, and I can't, it's not, it's not something you can replicate. It's just like, it really does feel like pure cocaine energy made by like a brilliant filmmaker with a brilliant actor at like the height of like, I mean, I don't, Robin Williams looks so good in this movie too. I mean, blonde hair and weird forearms aside, he like looks like a leading man. He's like, so it's this movie that for some reason works and I have no idea why it's not terrible, but eventually you submit to it and it's fantastic. That is sort of like, uh, if you look at other reviews or reflections on the movie, it's, a. um, one of them said that it's a movie that spends its first like 20 to 40 minutes like telling you how to watch it. Yeah, right. Right. You know, and then once it tells you how to watch it, you can enjoy it. I, I totally agree. Like around around I am what I am, you're like, all right, I now I'm really good at watching Popeye. I know what the next I know that the next 10 minutes won't matter and then there will be another song. And then I, the next 10 minutes, I will matter. say for me, yeah, the moment that sort of like solidified the tone was uh, after the, the fight, um, what, like the, the chair getting mm-hmm. stuck on the ceiling fan was another like that felt very kind of improv to me, too. Uh, I don't know if it was, but sure, uh, like that whole fight and like yeah. <laughs> at the end of the fight when the guy like kicks him the guy who's been like shoved up through the floorboards like clicks his heels together and there's like a cartoon like like little sound (laughs) that's what i was like okay so they're full on just being like what if we shot for shot remade a cartoon with living people when he puts when he takes the like the, the 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 top off the baby bottle to put the note in and it makes a big (laughs) puts the paper in like after a very somber like the most emotional moment of this movie he's writing the letter and then he puts it back on (laughs) (laughs) I love I love to there was there was a moment where I did where she was like what (laughs) happened because I like frightened her because I was sitting at my computer silently watching this movie and then the Kraken octopus monster like takes the boat that the baby is in and the boat just goes underwater and I literally went what what because I wasn't putting it past this movie to just murder a baby I I had a similar moment where I yelled oh my god at how the the how Popeye's dad didn't stop like rapping about having a kid <laughs> Because he's not singing. It really feels like the actor refused to sing, but had these lyrics. So he kind of just... I love how Popeye's dad is literally, you could only describe him as Popeye the Sailor Man. Like, there are no other descriptors for him. And yet when... And and yet when Popeye meets him for a second, Popeye is still like, Dad? <laughs> He's like, no, we're not. No, no, no we're not. Uh, no, his name is Poop Deck Pat Pappy. This is his character Poop name. Pappy. That is that is Poop Popeye's Deck dad's Pappy. name. And he's large. Played by 2005 he George Hart. Like, like. 
<laughs> when they cut to him, I was like, this fucking movie, man. <laughs> it's fucking. Now, is that a character from the established lore? Because I've never heard Popeye mention his dad. Yeah, poop deck Pappy. Like, I, like, I, Not really? poop deck Pappy. <laughs> that, when that became a plot point, I was like, wait, does Popeye. I've never wondered about Popeye's extended family. And then they mentioned his mom died or something. Well, like, Popeye spends the first 15 minutes. Um, yeah, the Popeye spends the first 15 minutes going, oh, yeah, me mother, she died in me, me but he left. Poop Deck Pappy <laughs> is a fictional character uh, featured in Popeye between the ages of 85 oh and God. 99. Yeah. That's, that's... So they cast a little younger... It's like younger the age range for a really advanced Lego set. If you build a full-size um, globe. But that really is just sort of like, I guess, as a franchise and a brand, they decide live action just isn't for them, you yeah. know? Like, which, good call, good call, you know? So what's the uh, state of Popeye? So um, there's been, like, a lot of attempts to make, like, an animated movie. An anime? Been, like, some, like, Saturday morning Popeye cartoons. anime? An anime. You know, I, you know. Yeah, but... Popeye the anime. <laughs> And it's mainly, um, it, it's all uh, Jendi Tartakovsky, uh, the guy who made like Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, and uh, he's working for Sony making the Hotel Transylvania series, and each time he's promised he can make a Popeye movie, and then they pull the wool out from under him, they're like, nah, man, you gotta make another Hotel Transylvania, and it's even like in the Sony hacks, where like, uh, they're like, who gives a shit about Popeye? But you can watch this test footage online that is just test footage wonderful. Rip. I'd watch that whole movie. Yeah, I would love awesome. that. Like, it's got it's got it cheap does have cheap, it. and it has it really nails the physical because that was really the big thing with Popeye is the slaps like the slapstick, right? Yeah, the the um the right the right. Movie. I mean that's and that's probably why it was able to be in syndication until the nineties because a baby will always laugh at something getting punched. You know what I mean? Like a baby will always laugh mm -hmm. at a cartoon. Like it's the Dexter's lab running gag of like bonk. You know what I mean? Like the two Muppets just bonking each other on the head. Cause it's like, it can't just be that simple. And Popeye was kind of that boiled down simplicity. I think he should like, should he do the movie? Like totally. But like, is anyone going to care? Absolutely not. Because there's no child who's going to give a shit. Like look at the Adams family movie that came out a couple years ago. That didn't do great i saw it it was pretty decent but like it's there's an interesting thing to that where like it's kind of like the scooby movie this new movie the scoob oh people where they hired a bunch of movie stars to do those voices but they have to do those voices so you're not gonna it's kind of like how tartatovsky can make those hotel transylvania movies everyone thinks they're sandler movies but they're actually his vision with popeye you can't cast if you cast Jack Nicholson or Adam Sandler or Zac Efron, they're all going to have to do the same impression of Popeye. So there's no tricking me into watching it for a movie star. So it's really just like it's just going to have to be an incredible movie for people to care, which I, I'm sure it would be. But I mean, who knows? I'm gonna never rub another man's wooba. Well, even even like uh, <laughs> uh, Captain Underpants, I feel like was a, a more beloved sort of thing like that. And that movie, I feel like sort uh, like sure. was not was good, but did not like set the world on fire in any way. You know. And then 
Yeah, and then the the Peanuts movie that came out a exactly, few years ago totally, was like yeah. wonderful. And like I love that movie, and it like fulfilled everything that I needed out of. Like, now I really think this Tom and Jerry movie. Like, might nobody be else cared, needle, but that's. Oh my god! We'll see. That's I mean, sort of we're going to see that on home release, so we'll existed. see. Yeah, I'm gonna get it for free. I'm very stoked. One of my one of my top most anticipated films of the year, right up there with Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam, Judas and the Black Tom Messiah, and, Jerry. and Tom and Jerry. I don't know. I don't know Matrix. that. I don't know that black messiah movie you're talking about but i'm excited for <laughs> you're excited for, the excited for tom movie. and jerry but yeah do you guys Love think that. popeye was worth it now that we've uh, heard everything and like seen it i mean i the the it that you describe as the movie's production yeah because sure. i do feel like it's a movie where like all of it's the energy you describe is on screen i don't know if it goes towards cohesion but I don't know if it needed to. Yeah, well, and it's like Popeye itself has never been about cooking. Right, and it's sort of... So in its way, it makes the A lot of adaptations, adaptation. I feel like a lot of adaptations of comic books or stuff like that, people are like, oh, man, they didn't do the Dark Phoenix saga justice. Like, they didn't do justice to this big story that's told where it's like, I don't think Popeye has that. Like, Popeye doesn't have, like... No one's his, asking it. You know, Crisis on yeah. Infinite Popeyes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It, by definition, is like, you know, a, a comic strip or like... A, yeah, a it's like adapting the Lockhorns. It's meant to be like a disposable like. story. <laughs> right. It's meant, It's like it, it it needs to work on a sort of like nihilism yeah. of like... Well, and it's... None of this Remember matters. the Marmaduke no movie? He doesn't the learn Duke? anything. Oh, there was a Marmaduke it wasn't movie. It, wasn't yeah. it like a, a romantic comedy based around Marmaduke? Marmaduke. <laughs> that movie has to have an insane yeah, where story. They, where they crash. That movie has to be... I think the dog like crashes weddings or something. Oh wow! Wow, we're crashing a wedding, but I'm a dog. Bow wow! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh man, I think it was worth it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I do plan on watching this annually. I feel like it's become a Christmas tradition. <laughs> in in January of 2021, I'm deciding Christmas time. This is my jam. I I mean like. I think there's a lot of other things that wouldn't have happened without it. I think uh, the era it came out in was sort of this time in musicals, where musicals were the Marvel movies of the early like '80s, you know, where it was like mm -hmm. every like studio needed its big tentpole musical. And, like there's like the King and I and shit like that too. Um, and yeah. I think it. Uh, I think there's a lot of like slapstick movies that wouldn't have ever like known that you could be this sort of three stoogie-esque thing in live action uh so guys real quick just just a it, quick know? side uh quick marmaduke corner over here um there is <laughs> they are attempting a live action uh uh, uh like a or uh, sorry an animated uh marmaduke film um that they kind of they kind of want to get away from the branding from the 2010 live action marmaduke uh and this marmaduke was supposed to uh was announced to be coming out in 2020 um, no one's really sure, uh, if it's still going to, but, uh, the film stars, uh, Pete Davidson as Marmaduke, uh, and JK Simmons as Zeus. Oh, so it's less of an, oh wow, more of a, oh, together wow. forever. Yeah. And then David, David Costner <laughs> as Phil Winslow. So there you go. JK, you got JK Simmons, you got Pete Davidson. 
You, that's your Marmaduke update. So, wow. Do you guys know about the um so <laughs> the J. John Jameson of the past and future? <laughs> when I was um stream. when I when I first learned how to internet and like look up like movie rumors and stuff, uh, there was always the Hong Kong Fooey movie with mm. uh, Eddie Murphy as Hong Kong Fooey, and there is test footage of well, him just... being a karate dog in a robe. That kind of rips. What? And that's about as far as we're going to go with that. Like, we're not going to get more than that's Hong Kong Fooey is meant to have test footage exists. So I'm so holding out for that like, Top Cat movie. <laughs> but it's always right. someone who yeah, would never, it's always someone who you're like, they would never, it's, it's always like, yeah, it's Top Cat and he's going to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> like, I just don't, why can't it ever be a yeah. rumor with like a reasonable get? Like, <laughs> I know. The second Scoot McNary is attached to Tomcat, Tomcat will happen on Dude. like. Hulu. So look, one of the earliest internet rumors I've ever I had ever heard was uh, that a Thundercats movie was always going to come out with Vin Diesel. Yeah, they were they were talking about a Thundercats movie forever. Yes. I think it eventually just got turned into that animated series yeah. that everybody wanted to pretend wasn't awesome. But I agree with you, Richard, that that was like the first upcoming title added to IMDb. Yeah, the totally, first movie totally. On IMDb was was the Thundercats with Vin Diesel. <laughs> it is like a, like you would like blow dust off an ancient tome, and it would be like Vin Diesel is Panthro. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's kind of oh, all man. I really have on Popeye. It made me really uh like sort of like reflect on my love of cartoons uh, while I was doing a lot of this research and uh yeah like really get in touch with like what made me laugh as a child which felt nice you know I like uh, I was on YouTube just watching old clips of like Porky Pig and stuff like that and just like really get in touch with like what made those like funny was really cool yeah no it's a movie that makes you want to watch cartoons like it's just it's got that crazy crazy you know it's at it's always at 10 the whole time yeah it was such a missed opportunity and not have uh some I, I expected the credits to be uh you know a little animated little little little, little popeye and the crew oh but so they, that's they a little funny yeah, they, they just had that they just had that bumper at the front that played on my version i don't know if it played so on that bumper in the front like, yeah. i'm in the wrong Same movie here. So that uh, that bumper in the front is Jack Mercer, who was the guy who voiced all of Popeye, uh, like the second Popeye that did it for the rest and signified who yeah. Popeye was. It was his last. The, the sober orchestra guy. Yeah. It was his last recorded voiceover before he died four years later. Whoa. Um, well, listen, boys, next week, I think that Popeye was enough movie for two weeks. So we're going to take a break from the silver screen open up Spotify, open up Apple Music, and dig into Chinese democracy. Ooh. The ultimate, like, when something is in development hell, they call it the Chinese democracy of movies, of games. It is Guns N' Roses 2008, probably final album, Chinese democracy. So take a listen. Um if you can, I think it's it's you know it's it'll be shorter than a movie, but it'll be a little harder to watch than anything else we've ever covered. <laughs> um, so well, yeah, Seven Roses, Chinese Democracy yeah. next week. Can't wait. Bye, demons. Bye.
Bye bye. Oh, hey, wait, 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 oh, wait, yeah, wait, Kyle. I think I had to ask you a question about something. We have new music. This I'm sure every, everyone's already heard it, but this is the first week with our new music. Um, we have been lucky to have Van Foley's song um, from his album "Got the Whole Room Looking at Me" EP, which you can find anywhere on music, um, anywhere where you can find music. Um, but we have a song that says our names, says the name of the show says a little catchphrase from episodes that no one's listened to because it would ruin your ears. <laughs> um, they work out great. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so tell us about that. Tell us who, who threw that out for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, that was a, a, a good a good fellow uh, that I reached out to named Tizzy Mav. Uh, Tizzy Mav abs- absolutely crushed it. Um, My boy. Hit, hit him up on uh, all forms of social if you need a little... A little, a little theme song. If you liked our little theme song, he seems like a sweet young man. He's a, he's a very sweet young man. Um, but he's young, so get any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Unless that idea is to show him he's a, a sweet cool young man. man. <laughs> sweet young man. Go, just go to his page. Comment, sweet young man. Yeah. We know the we know the <laughs> Swedes sweet gonna do it. We know the oh he, our guy's a Swede young man. Later demons. Uh, Swede. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs>